You're listening to Pombo and Peter's Picks, the home of your favorite sports betting podcast, presented by The Daily Goat. Hello, welcome to another episode of Pombo and Peter's Picks. I'm Jason Pombo with Peter Alves. Peter, how are we doing today? Sorry, this is on a Friday. Hand out. This is all my fault. But This is all Peter's fault, it's but it's good. okay. It's all good. And you know what? So originally, so myself and Peter usually record every Wednesday, right? Podcast usually goes out every Thursday. We typically record Wednesday afternoons. Um, So Peter originally texted me earlier in the week and he said, hey, Wednesday's not going to work for me. No big deal. In my head, I was thinking, this is good because I want Odell Beckham Jr. to have a landing spot before we record. And we finally got one, Peter. We'll save that for probably midway through the show, but. I think it worked out for us because we have a lot of the NFL news kind of laid out in front of us. We also hey. got some unexpected news that it's a happy we'll accident, about later. I guess. No, I still feel bad. Sorry, Peter. Oh, absolutely. No worries whatsoever, Peter. Life happens. Absolutely. Enjoy. I hope you enjoyed your last couple of days. Yeah, life goes on. Life's great. Good. Absolutely. All right, Peter. So speaking of life being great, I went four and one last week. It was my second consecutive week with a winning record. I had the Patriots minus three and a half over the Panthers. That was correct. I had the Giants plus three against the Raiders. That was correct. I had the Chargers minus one against the Eagles. That was correct. I had the 49ers plus one and a half over the Cardinals. That was incorrect. Colt McCoy ripped my heart out. And then I had the under 49 and a half for the Broncos Cowboys game. And that hit the under. So four and one. And uh, I, I was pretty happy about my picks. Honestly, I was a little unhappy that I didn't go five and zero, but I'll take four and one. It's true. I mean, back on the Cardinals game, the Cardinals should be—they're probably one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. And if you're the 49ers, how do you let Colt McCoy and No D Hop beat you at home? So, Peter, I tweeted this before, uh, and I'm double down and on the podcast. Can't believe I'm saying this, but I think it's time to question Kyle Shanahan's job security. That was an awful loss against Colt McCoy's Cardinals without DeAndre Hopkins, without Kyler Murray, and they lost. Honestly, I used to be a big Kyle Shanahan guy. I'm off. Totally done. Uh, Every single year we hear about he needs this, he needs that, he needs this, he needs that. His record without Jimmy Garoppolo is abysmal. Uh, It's severely under 500. He had his quarterback in the draft he wanted. Trey Lance has barely played. He's not ready. Uh, we've seen a lot of those players on offense regress, some of the skill position guys. And honestly, I don't think the relationship between Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch is very good. And Peter, don't be surprised if Kyle Shanahan will not be the 49ers head coach in 2022. Damn, that's crazy. Continue with your picks, but that's just my my scorcher. Yeah, for real. So we had a win. Patriots minus three and a half and Chargers minus one. You also had a win. Packers plus seven and a half. If Aaron Rodgers was uh, playing, they would have won. But we'll get into that game in a sec. And then two losses, Dallas minus nine. They didn't show up. And Bengals minus two and a half. They didn't show up either. They also went three and two. This is probably the first time ever that we both went positive back-to-back weeks. Yeah, I think we finally, I don't want to say figured out some teams in the NFL. I mean, it took us long enough, but. You, you look at some of the teams, and I think we kind of came to the understanding of teams that can get it done on the road, teams that can pull off upsets, and I think we're finally hitting our stride. I'm very happy where we're at, and I feel pretty good about my picks this week that we'll give yeah, at the we, end of the we, show. We even texted Matt, because obviously he does the graphics, and Matt was like, wow, you guys went positive two weeks in a row. Good job. Yeah. Shout out, Matt. Doing a great job with our graphics, per usual. Also had a phenomenal article on dailygoats.com about potential Star Wars content that could drop on Disney Plus Day, which unfortunately did not occur. But shout out, Matt. That was a fantastic article. We're still waiting for that Kenobi trailer, Matt. Still waiting. Come out soon. That's what I thought it was supposed to be today, but uh, whatever. Okay. You just talked about the Packers. You talked about how Aaron Rodgers was there. Uh, The Packers would have defeated the Chiefs, but Jordan Love made his first start in the NFL, and he lost to the Chiefs 13-7. to Jordan Love was 19 of 34, 190 yards, one touchdown and an interception in his debut. He had a QBR of 27.2. Uh, Peter, we watched the game together, and we saw a lot of a Devontae Adams targets. 
Adams was targeted 14 times. Uh, he had six receptions for 42 yards. Uh, so pretty crazy to think about. Of, 30, of Jordan Love's 34 attempts, 14 of them were to Devontae Adams. On the other side, Patrick Mahomes, I still don't think he looked right. He was 20 of 37, 166 yards and one touchdown. He had a QBR of 43.5. Tyreek Hill was held in check, four receptions, 37 yards. Travis Kelsey got a touchdown. He had five receptions for 68 yards on eight targets. But the Chiefs got a much-needed W to improve to 5-4 and four on the season. And the Packers, they fell to 7-2. and two. But you look at the Packers, they still have a lot of control in that division. Uh, you look at the Chiefs, on the other hand, I don't want to call it a must-win game for them, but if they lost, they would have been beneath 500 and it would have been a good scene for the Chiefs. It was a must-win. So what were your takeaways from Jordan Love in his debut? I mean, Jordan Love was fine. I don't think he looks ready, and all the people that are like, they should have traded him. I don't think he's the answer. I don't think that's fair because that's his first NFL start. He did light it up in the preseason, like especially this year versus the Bills. But I, I don't know. I, I like him. I mean, he's still got to develop. He's still got – if the, if they're really moving on from Aaron Rodgers, which I'm pretty sure they are, and I think that he's going to start next year. So you got to give him like a chance at least. But maybe in the back pocket you'll have him – You'll have like another quarterback waiting, I guess. Yeah. Maybe sign somebody. Like, so I, I wasn't impressed with Jordan Love, but am I does that mean he's a bust? No. I mean it's one start doesn't is an indictment on an NFL career. But I will say I was I and you're a big Jordan Love guy, and the way you were talking about him, I got somewhat optimistic that he would look pretty damn good and he didn't. I think he looked mediocre at best. I was hoping he'd look good. To put some real pressure on Aaron Rodgers, but that's oh, I wanted that too for sure. But I mean, Aaron Rodgers is supposed to come back Saturday, so it won't even matter. Yeah, so Jordan Love, I don't think he made the most of his debut. Uh, again, was he terrible? No, was he good? No, like he was just eh, he was mediocre. I think he made he had a couple nice throws, but a lot of them he definitely like got he, scared though because like the yeah. 14 targets from Adams, like he probably just threw it up and then like Adams, there you go. Like, we were watching two drives, and it was Adams, 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 Adams. Like, Seriously, like, safety blanket to the T. Yeah. But when you're a young quarterback like that, again, he's not a rookie. This is his second year. Uh, I was hoping to see a little bit more, and I didn't get that. The Chiefs defense is probably the worst in the league. I think we both could probably agree on that. So I thought there was a chance that Love could put up some points here, and he didn't. Just one touchdown on the day. I know they had a bunch of missed field goals. But a loss is a loss, Dan. Uh, if you're the Packers, Aaron Rodgers is your guy. We know that. And if I'm the Packers front office, I try to retain Aaron Rodgers for next year as well. I still think that's unlikely at this point. But you got to do it the best you can for the franchise. And Aaron Rodgers still gives you the best chance to win now. For sure. And, uh, I mean, on the other side, the Chiefs, uh, I don't know what – officially, I, I have no idea what's wrong with Patrick Mahomes. He has to be, he has to be hurt, right? I think the toe could be bothering him. I know a lot of people are talking about the toe and foot area. Um, is that the case? He hasn't been on the injury report to my recollection. So I, you can't really point to that, but he just doesn't look right. I mean, I know a lot of defenses are getting credited for taking out Tyree kill. And I think that's a factor. I think the offensive line isn't very good. I think the run game isn't very good. He's missing, he's missing throws of Tyree kill that he would have made like two years ago. Like he's wide open, like, streaking down the field and he just misses them it's so weird it's so weird you see I, I agree with you but like the whole injury thing if it's a two or three week stretch you're like all right like he got banged up but we're going on week 10 here and he hasn't looked right like 10 consecutive weeks so to me anyway I think it's just I'm sure he's not 100% health but I don't think it's just the health to blame I think defense is do have him in kind of a little bit of a rut. I think he's in his own head. I think the offensive line sucks. And I think the run game isn't good. I think it's as simple as that. And I think the offensive weapons for the Chiefs, other than Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, are kind of overrated. Hardman, Pringle, I mean, those guys really haven't uh, went to the next level this season. Uh, Josh Gordon, who's been there, I mean, practically been a zero. I, I, I don't think he's, has he had a catch yet? Has he been active? No, I, don't, I have no yeah, idea. I mean, he's not, he's a non-factor. Yeah. A non-factor. However you want to slice it, he's been a non-factor. Uh, and I thought they were going to be in the OBJ sweepstakes and they were, but they didn't end up with him. So uh, if you're the chiefs, I still think you're going to make the playoffs. Do you win the division? 
they have a huge game against the Raiders this Sunday night on Sunday night football. But if they lose that and they fall to five and five, and let's say the division's out of reach. Well, they're gonna back they're gonna backdoor into the seventeen. Yeah, they I think they're so yeah, bad. Yeah, they're gonna just at least backdoor. Yeah, anything whole, can happen. Yeah. The whole point of the conversation is they're gonna make the playoffs in my estimation. And if I'm a team like the Ravens or the Bills or the Titans that win the division, whoever it may be, I do not want to play Mahomes Chiefs. Oh, for I, sure. I I'm don't. still waiting for them to rattle off like five wins in a row and just them being back to normal. Yeah. Like it wouldn't shock me if they were, I don't know, no. six and seven, and then all of a sudden to make the playoffs, they routed four straight victories, and then they're ten, ten and seven as a seven seed, and they have to go to Baltimore to take on Lamar Jackson's Ravens, and they just beat them. Like, can't you just see that? I mean, not saying they'd run the table and all as a road team, but I don't. I wouldn't want to play them because you still have that aura of Patrick Mahomes, and I think that's significant. But moving on, Peter, another game. Uh, this was an upset. Titans Rams uh, last week on Sunday Night Football. Uh, Matthew Stafford had his worst game of his Rams career. He was 31 of 48 for 294 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. He was sacked five times. He had a QBR of 17.5. Uh, Cooper Cup, uh, he was awesome. He had 11 receptions for 95 yards. Uh, Robert Woods also contributed seven receptions for 98 yards. The run games for the Rams were never really to get going. And the Titans, I mean, look, they didn't really do a hell of a lot on offense, but they were able to take advantage of Stafford's mistakes. They had a pick six in there. Uh, Tannehill, he did just enough. 19 of 27, 143 yards, one touchdown and an interception. Uh, the run game for Tennessee in Derrick Henry's absence, the lead carrier was Adrian Peterson. He had 10 carries. Uh, Jeremy Nicholas had seven carries. And then Deonta Foreman had five carries. So, it still seems like a running back by committee group for the Titans. And uh, they were able to get the W on the road here, really take a stranglehold on the AFC South. Defense has looked phenomenal for Tennessee the last couple of weeks. Uh, so I'm going to say this to you. Do you believe the Titans have a legitimate chance to be the number one seed in the AFC? I do, because I think the AFC is so bad. I mean, Bills have flaws. Obviously, they lost to Jacksonville. Ravens have flaws. I mean, it's it's wide open. Chiefs aren't the Chiefs. I don't think the Chargers are going to make a stride. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that the whole AFC, nobody wants to be like the top dog. I, I think it's just going to be a crapshoot. It's anybody's division. Oh, well, conference. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they have a shot, uh, but I do think the offense has some flaws. I still have questions about Tennessee's offensive line. The run game without Derrick Henry. Look, Stafford did not play well. I think the Titans won this game on defense. But a win's a win. How many games can they win like that on defense? I don't know. Stafford, he had a banged-up ankle at the end of the game. He had an awful pick six. He had another awful interception. He held the ball too long. Uh, when you play other teams with elite quarterback play, I just don't see that happening again. And I think the offense is going to need to generate more points. So it was a big win for them. Don't get me wrong. Uh, they were, I think, seven-and-a-half-point underdogs coming into the game. Not many people gave them a chance. I know I didn't but they were able to rattle off a big W and the Rams. They, despite the fact that they're my Super Bowl pick, I think they have loss. Oh, look, for sure. Yeah. I think the offensive line for LA is severely overrated. I think they need to get something going in the run game. And I think the secondary, uh, again, I think they're good enough, but I think they need to play better overall as a unit. So they got to play tougher. I know Michael Lombardi of the GM shuffle in his podcast. He said, if the Rams are going to make the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl, they got to play tougher. It's simple as that. They got to run the ball with authority. They have to commit to the run because they're getting too pass heavy. And I think that's an issue for this team. Any other takeaways on that game? Do you think they're going to win their division? No, right? I think it's out of reach now, right? I mean, I, they do face the, I mean, they do face the Cardinals later. Yeah, they ha they still have to play Arizona. Kyler Murray might not play again this week. Hopkins is also questionable. So how's Kyler Murray going to be if he plays? That's a question mark. Like, I think Kyler, Kyler Murray's health status is still in the, up in the air. So I wouldn't say it's out of reach. Because, I mean, granted, Colt McCoy had a nice win this past week against the Niners. But would that shock you the slightest if they lost this week? Like, oh, if, no. No you shot. know what I mean? Like. And if the Rams win, you go right back in it. So you just need Arizona to lose a game because then you'll have that last game and that'll decide the fate. 
for both teams. So, again, Arizona, they still have a favorable matchup this week against the Carolina Panthers, but who knows? Oh, I'm sorry, Peter. We have one more game to hit on. Steelers-Bears, the Monday night football game. So this had a lot of on-the-field storylines in terms of the game and by the officials. So the Steelers ended up winning a roller coaster, 29-27. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, 21 of 30, two touchdowns, 205 yards. Um, in terms of Chicago Bears, Justin Fields, I think, put together his best game as a pro. He was 17 of 29 for 291 yards. He had a touchdown and a pick. Uh, the Bears, they scored 21 points in the fourth quarter, but it was not enough. Uh, they came up short, losing by two points. But, Peter, the lead storyline seems to be the officiating in this game. Uh, the Bears, uh, they were penalized a lot more than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they were penalized for a grand uh, total of 12 times for 115 yards. The Steelers were penalized five times for 30 yards. And the most notable penalty, penalty for the Bears uh, was that taunting call by Cassius Marsh after he got that huge sack and it gave Pittsburgh the first down. So what do you believe of the taunting rule? Uh, do you believe the NFL has went too far with it? Do you think Marsh was in the right? Do you, how do you just see that? I mean, I think they went a little too over far because I think it's like judgment on the rest, but like why I don't get why you can't celebrate after a big play since you can do that forever. I mean, the mentality now is just like shut up and play. And I guess, but I guess emotion gets like too big for the moment, but no, I don't agree with that rule. I mean, I think that's a stupid rule probably in the NFL and they're probably going to change it like they did with the PI call. They just tried it and then they'll probably just look into it and be like, this isn't working and then try something else. I guess. I will say this. I think this opinion differs from people, but if you look at the rule and you look at what Marsh did, he, he taunted. He went against. Oh yeah, the he he definitely did taunt. Yeah, he he went. He walked towards the Steelers sideline, and then he walked back in the last very second when the Steelers punt team was coming on, bumped into the ref, and that was it. Now I think Marsh is, I mean, he's a practice squad guy, doesn't get many opportunities. Was with the Patriots. Do you remember his story with the Patriots? No, but I remember we uh, they got him for from the Browns, right, for like a six round pick. Yeah, so his story was. Uh, he was with the Patriots, didn't really do too much. But after he left the Patriots, he's talked about how he hated the environment there, and he said it was no fun. He said sometimes he had to have a late lunch or even skip lunch. Oh, yeah, like every, everybody says that when it doesn't work out. Yeah, yeah, like he was saying the Patriots organization, no fun, like I hated playing there, yada, yada, yada. And then all of a sudden, this tool bag, he does like a karate chop kick, and then he's taunting the Steelers, and then all of a sudden he gets penalized. And I kind of chuckled. I was like, oh, still having fun, Marsh? Still having fun? Ah, but again, is that going to get looked at in the off season? It might, I think the verbiage in the rule might get altered, but I think it's clear that it's a point of emphasis for the NFL and the officials. And you can absolutely celebrate with your team, but you can't do it in a taunting fashion towards the other team. So I think that's been clear. Uh, that's been a rule that the NFL has been calling all year. Like they've been consistent on it. It hasn't been inconsistent. It's been consistent in my opinion. For sure. And, I mean, we can touch on the Steelers real quick. Sure. Remember the one three? Just rattle off four in a row. I know. And I Big, thought – Big Ben yeah. looks washed. But, I mean, yeah. they're five and three. They're fighting for the division. That's an testament to how good of a coach Mike Tomlin is. Able to keep this team afloat with Ben Roethlisberger, who clearly isn't the quarterback he once was. I thought the run game in Pittsburgh would be better. It hasn't been. Najee Harris, he's been okay. Well, that I line is still terrible. Yeah, the line isn't good. They have some young pieces. They had some retirements and some guys that left in free agency. Uh, the receiver group, I mean, the Steelers receivers, they still do what they do, uh, despite not having Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, guys like Deontay Johnson, James Washington, Clay, uh, Clay Poole, I know he left with an injury, um, but they still put things together. And TJ Watts, phenomenal on the defensive side of the football. Despite the Steelers being five and three, I still don't think they're legitimate. Will they make the playoffs? I think they I would sneak in. They could yeah, sneak in. I, I absolutely. But are they a real threat to take a stranglehold of the AFC? Absolutely not. No, because did you see that like Hail Mary that Big Ben tried to throw and he just threw it like 30 yards? Yeah, he's that's Ben Roethlisberger. Can't now. do anything. Like I, I was shouting that he should retire at the end of last year. I thought it was a perfect spot. The Steelers had an opportunity to look at the first round quarterbacks of last year's draft take a stab at some guys on free agency guys like Teddy Bridgewater were available. 
I mean, who knows? Maybe you could have shot for a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, there was so many different options they could have looked at. I mean, now everyone's saying they could end up with Aaron Rodgers, and I think that's a distinct possibility. Despite the fact that they don't have as much draft capital as teams like the Eagles or Miami, but, like, if Rodgers wants to go to Pittsburgh, he'll go to Pittsburgh. So if they end up with Aaron Rodgers after all this, that's a huge W of a transition. But if next year, if they're rolling out Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph, that's an L. So we'll see how that transition eventually goes. But who knows? Maybe Roethlisberger keeps playing. Who the hell knows? I hope not. I hope not either, Peter. But, I mean, it's painful to watch at times because Roethlisberger, he used to be a gamer. Like, when he was on. Oh, for sure. Guaranteed Hall of Famer. He used to oh, absolutely. He's first ballot, two-time Super Bowl champion. He was awesome. Just now he's a shell of himself. He's a pump fake king. <laughs> no, it's a fumble. Yeah, for sure. All right, any other NFL games you want to hit on? Uh, I mean, we could talk about Jacksonville winning. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, yes. For the Bills. Yes. So the you, and you didn't even show up. Yes. So myself and Peter, we were watching the game, uh, the Jaguars-Bills game. We caught it at the end, probably the last two minutes left. But we were monitoring the game. Uh, and TJ of CTW was also with us. And he's like, hey, like, Jacksonville's hanging in there, like. They're only down by three and this and that. But then we're like, oh, Trevor Lawrence got hurt. Looks like we're in trouble. But Lawrence ended up coming back. And Josh Allen, the mighty Josh Allen, was held to six points by the defensive Josh Allen on the Jaguars. So that was a pretty interesting uh, play-by-play call. I don't know if you heard it, but. Well, I mean, Josh Allen beat Josh Allen. Josh Allen intercepted Josh Allen. Yes, it it was interesting. But uh, moral of this little conversation is I think the Bills offense is overrated. I talked about how Josh Allen hasn't played at the level he did last year, and I think that's fair. I think the Bills' defense is legit, but the offense, again, they have zero run game whatsoever. Brian Dable doesn't even go there anymore. Uh, Devin Singletary, I mean, he's been a non-factor in Buffalo, and I think it's showing. Josh Allen isn't making the throws he was able to do last year, and I think they have a lot of injuries that are key on the offensive line, and now I think that's showing. So I think this Bills team is vulnerable. And they do not have the AFC East on lock. No, they don't. And the half came back because of the Patriots. Isn't that crazy? Oh, isn't that a shame, Peter? Oh, I can't wait. Oh. Those two games in December or whatever it is, it's Yeah, be they mean something. Amazing. They mean something. If the Patriots win against Cleveland on Sunday, they improve to 6-4. and four. And then the, then the Thursday after, they play the Falcons. I mean, hypothetically, like, they're going to be favorites. You should win that game despite that being in Atlanta. You're 7-4. and four. I mean, look. Buffalo, they're going to be on Buffalo's tail. And I think those two games are going to decide it. I think ultimately they'll probably end up splitting the matchup. But we'll see how it shakes out. The AFC East is not over yet, folks. It's not over. All right, Peter, let's get into some other news in the NFL. Probably the biggest story. There was a lot of NFL news this past week, Peter, especially on that Wednesday, Thursday, like we always record. So thankfully we didn't. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. finally had a landing spot. I know we talked at length um, before about, where he could possibly end up. I talked about how I think the Saints, uh, the Ravens, the Raiders, maybe even the Patriots were a fit. But, Peter, we missed on the most likely scenario of all. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams signed Odell Beckham to a one-year deal worth up to $4.25 million. It's only about $1.25 guaranteed, so everything else is team incentive-based for the Rams. So you look at it. I think uh, the Rams checked the boxes for Odell Beckham. They have an experienced and elite quarterback. Uh, he has a chance to put up big numbers heading into free agency in that offense. He has a chance to win a Super Bowl or at least compete for one. And it's L.A., which is great for Odell Beckham's brand. On top of that, he has an offensive-minded head coach in Sean McVay. So, I mean, it's crazy to really fathom Odell in L.A. because I thought, up until that point, I was saying, ooh, looks like Green Bay has it, you know? But huge W for the Rams to get him at that price, too. Oh, for sure. I mean, the Rams are just doing everything they can to win the Super Bowl. But I, I just – if Odell doesn't get his targets, because obviously they have Robert Woods, they have Van Jefferson, they have Cooper Cup, and then they have the running backs in the backfield. If, if he doesn't get his targets, is, like, his dad still going to complain? Or, like, is Odell going to complain? So that's my I, one concern. You know? So that's, I don't think so. And here's why I think this is why the Rams set up the contract the way they did. So $3 million are team incentive based. I believe it ended up being an extra million and a half. If they win the Super Bowl. 
So he kind of can't quit on this team because he's got $3 million on the team. If you want to think about it like that, he's got a lot of money on the Rams' success. And if he tries to um, affect that success, then that's not going to bode well for him, especially in free agency. And I think he has a head coach uh, that knows what he's getting in him. And they also released Deshaun Jackson a couple weeks back. So I think he's going to play that outside X receiver position. Is he going to get 10 receptions a game or 10 targets a game? No. But could he get four targets a game and a touchdown? Like, I think that's probably in the cards. And if the Rams are winning, I think that's huge for him anyway. If he shows he's a good soldier, uh, puts together a, a good face, does what he's asked to do, makes the plays when he gets the ball, then he's going to cash in next March in uh, free agency uh, with the NFL cap that's supposed to go over $200 million. So all he has to do is perform adequately in these next six games or seven games, whatever it may be, go on a deep playoff run, and he's going to get his money in the future. So I think this is a win for the Rams. I hope it doesn't ruin the Rams' chemistry, though, because it does say a lot because uh, the Browns blew out the Bengals without Odell. And I'm pretty sure they're like wicked, wicked, like favored. Well, like over 500 without Odell. So that's, that's a caution to think yeah. about. I mean, I hope, hopefully he doesn't like, because he, he's low-key a, a uh, locker room cancer. So. Yeah, it's Baker, Baker Mayfield. It's been well documented that he is better with Odell Beckham off the field. But if he ends up being, like you say, a troublemaker in the locker room, they can just cut him. You know, like they only have a million and a quarter tied to him. They can just cut him. It's not like they have to deal with this uh, multi-year contract and it affects their cap or anything like that. They can, if he throws a fit, they can just cut him and that'll be it. And I think he knows this too. If he ends up getting released or it doesn't work out with McVay and the Rams, he is going to have a short list of teams that would be willing to take him on next year. And I think he knows that. I think Odell Beckham knows that his last bite at the money apple is coming up. And this would really change his perception amongst a lot of NFL teams. If he does what he's asked to do performs at a, a good enough level. I don't think he's elite anymore, but I still think he is. His hands are just as good as they've ever been. He can separate. You can move him around. He can play the slot. He can play outside inside. He can play however you want. He can, he can do what he can be help you in the red zone. Uh, Odell can do it all as a receiver. Is he in the echelon of Devonte Adams, DeAndre Hopkins? Hell no. Like I, Cooper Cup's still the best receiver on the team. Uh, that's not debatable. Cup deserves the targets, but Odell Beckham should be able to stretch the field. And I think Cooper Cup is going to benefit with Odell Beckham drawing defenders on that deep part of the defensive zone. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm just worried that he's not healthy because he has oh, that's fair. shoulder injuries or whatever it is, a total labor or whatever. Yeah, I think um, the lower half of his body, I mean, I think the hamstrings, whatever it was, uh, they're not right. It, it's clear. I mean, I'm not, this guy isn't 35 years old or anything, but he has some, he has some miles. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. We all know that. He hasn't put together a 16-game season in a while. Uh, so it's, it's going to be difficult, but I think Odell Beckham's going to perform well enough. I, I really, really do. And I think the price was good. And you look at the Rams, Super Bowl or bust, Peter. Again, no excuses. No excuses, in my opinion. You don't win the division? Tough shit. <laughs> Go on the road and win. You got all the talent. You gave up all the draft capital. You paid. You did everything you had to do to win now. Go do it. You know what I mean? Go do it. And one more thing to mention just quickly on the Odell Beckham front is did you know the Rams were plus 2,200 to get him? Oh, really? I mean, I know that the Super Bowl odds didn't move. No, that didn't No, that didn't affect it. But plus 2,200 for him to land with the Rams. I know everyone was saying the Patriots, Packers. Well, back to the Patriots, when they when Odell was like, I need to think about it, and like I'm not making my decisions before Sunday, I was like, Patriots are out. The only reason why they would pick the Patriots, I'm pretty sure, is just face the Browns. So my theory, this was my theory here, or my conspiracy theory was, Odell Beckham took up until Thursday to make a decision because he didn't have an offer that he liked. And I actually thought that benefited the Patriots because I was sure the Patriots probably had a one-year minimum salary deal, uh, which is incentive-based. I was thinking that maybe the teams like the Packers were all kind of smoked by the agent to try to get other teams to show interest in him. Because I knew the Patriots' interest was real. 
I think Odell Beckham and Bill Belichick's relationship is evident. Uh, just hear how Mac Jones, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Devin McCourty, Josh McDaniels, how they all talked when asked about Odell Beckham. They all were in favor of it, and I think that's notable. If Bill Belichick didn't want them to talk about it, they wouldn't have. It was clear that they were given the green light from Belichick to speak about Odell Beckham publicly, or at least he didn't enforce them not to. So I think that was notable. I think the Patriots were in on Odell. I think that was real. And I actually thought the opposite, though. I thought the longer it lingered, the better shot the Patriots had. But turns out Odell Beckham might have been on the fence between the Rams and the Packers. And the Rams ended up being the better fit for a plethora of different reasons. I think he went to the Packers, though. I mean, you would have get what he wants. Just like Brian Adams. So, all right. So And he's of, playing of with little, Rodgers. And yeah. he's guaranteed to win the division, I guess. Yeah, no, it's fair, but. L.A. Green Bay. Yeah. Very if it comes, if everything and I know it's else Odell, and Odell loves the spotlight and stuff. Yeah. If everything else is equal, and not to mention, I think McVay's a better coach than Lafleur, and I think Odell oh, knows that for sure. Yeah. And I think he had some friends on. He was FaceTiming Jalen Ramsey and Von Miller and Stafford, so like he knows some guys at the Rams, and that's how it ended up being, Peter. So another story in the NFL I want to talk in is our old friend Cam Newton is back in the NFL. Peter, could you believe it when Cam Newton signed a deal with the Carolina Panthers Thursday morning? See, that was rumored, like, because Donalds is on the IR or is out for, like, four weeks or whatever yep. it is. And I was like, no, nah, that's way too predictable, and that's way too, like, I, I don't know. But I guess he's going to – is he going to back up, or is he going to start so, for P.J. Walker, like, in two weeks? They paid him starters money. I mean, they paid him $4.5 million guaranteed, which was more guaranteed money than the Patriots – that he was with the Patriots this this year. Uh, he The deal is up to $10 million with incentives. No, no, he is absolutely playing. They're trying to make the playoffs with Cam Newton as their quarterback. P.J. Walker will start this week. But after that, this is Cam Newton's team. And if you're the Panthers, I think you did this for two reasons. One, this is the end for Cam Newton. Darnold was out of the picture. You were stuck with P.J. Walker and Matt Barkley. And if you're Carolina... If Cam Newton has anything left, it's a good story and you compete for a playoff spot because they're only a half a game out of the playoffs right now. If Cam Newton isn't the guy, that's fine. They'll still sell tickets because this is likely Cam Newton's last hoorah in Carolina. So, you know, it's a win-win from a business side of it and the football side of it. I don't think Cam Newton has anything left. I don't. I'm still on the, on the side saying that Cam Newton's going to struggle. Whether it's the Patriots, Panthers, Rams, whoever it may be, I don't think Cam Newton has much left in the tank. I really don't. I don't know if you do, but I know it's a different offense with Matt Rule and Joe Brady. It's going to be run heavy. I mean, no, I don't think he has anything left either. It's just his show, I guess. I mean, he can he can play for another contract if he wants to. If he, if he balls out, he can definitely be a starter later. Yeah, I don't think Carolina wants any part of him post-2021. I think they're going to have their eyes set on Deshaun Watson. or oh, Donald, it Donald is not the answer. Donald is. Darno shouldn't have played that game. And now he's like, he shouldn't have played that game. He didn't have any first team reps. I'm not making an excuse for him because he played awful, but he didn't have any first team reps. Didn't practice. He was limited participant in practice on Thursday and Wednesday. Uh, I don't think he should have played. And he looked awful. That was probably one of the worst games of his career. I thought he was set up for failure. Again, it was all his fault. He played terrible, but it, it wasn't like Matt rule and company were setting up, setting him up for success. Like they typically do. Uh, and I think his NFL career is likely done as a starter. That might have been the nail in the coffin that ends his uh, reign in Carolina. And I think he might end up being the backup next year. Who knows? But that's my Carolina Panthers take. They can still win nine games. Yeah, for sure. They can still win nine games. I haven't given up on that. I don't think it's it likely. Seven seed. I don't think it's likely. I, I don't. I don't think they make the playoffs, but. Uh, it's, oh, do you know who the seventh seed is right now? It's actually crazy. It's Atlanta, right? Yeah. A, yeah. Wow. And that's that's crazy to think because the Atlanta Falcons are a team that everyone kind of yeah, assumed. Rebuilding with Matt Ryan. Yeah, exactly. Rebuilding with Matt Ryan. They have a new head coach there in Arthur Smith. They lost Julio Jones. Uh, Calvin Ridley is going to be out for the foreseeable future, like you would think. But look, Falcons are doing what they're doing, and they are playing well. So it's – Good for them, but I think Carolina, it's a win-win situation for them. They gave them way too much money, though. Like that, that well, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter if it's one year, though. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's just because if they're under the cap and they can 
they're not going to sign anybody else. Yeah, it just seems like, like, who are you bidding against? Like, I don't think. Oh, yeah, facts. They're probably bidding against themselves. Yeah, like, you think Cam gave you a number? It's like, like, all right, like, cool. That'd be the day Cam just walks in and he's like, yeah, I want like 10 million. And they'll be like, who are you? Seriously, it's like, all right, like, cool. Like, appreciate you uh, doing this for me. You know, like, it was just, I don't know, it's just odd to me. And I will say, I will give credit to Noah Byrne of Rough in the Basket. He texted me the day before, Peter. I was trying to find the, the text, but I'm struggling here. Uh, he said the Panthers should call Cam Newton. And I kind of was like, eh, like, you know, like, I don't think he has anything. Well, that rumor got him. going right after Darnold, like, hit the yeah. IR. And then I was like, no way. Yeah, like, me too. I was happened. just like, I was like, what? I was like, if Seattle didn't call him or any other team didn't call him, I just didn't see it, you know? But shout out to Noah for calling that. Uh, another storyline in the NFL, Russell Wilson. He will, he's back this week. Uh, after missing about a month, month and a half of action, he is back as the Seattle Seahawks take on the Green Bay Packers on Sunday. Uh, what do you expect to see from what Russell Wilson? Do you believe he's going to pick up where he left off? Uh, do you think he's going to have some uh, jitters early on? I know that hand injuries are difficult to kind of gauge. Yeah, I think this week it's going to be a like learning curve because I think that he's going to not be scared, but it was his throwing hand, and I think he's going to be off, especially versus the Packers. Yeah, their, their defense is pretty good, but I, I mean, I think that Russell Wilson is just going to do Russell Wilson things. They did went one and what, what was it one and three versus? Yeah, they won. Yeah, they beat the Jaguars. They lost every other game, but. Yeah. You're going to be real pissed when the Seahawks sneak in, in this, as a seven seed, Peter. No, I mean, that's not going to – I don't think that's going to happen. I don't know. We'll Packers, see. I mean, Cardinals, 49ers, Texans, Washington, Rams, Bears, Lions, Cardinals. No, they don't. get some winnable games there, and I think with Russell Wilson at your quarterback, anything's possible. I, I, I truly believe that. So, we'll see. I like the Seahawks team. I know you don't, and I thought they were – no, I it, like the Seahawks team. I just think that Russell Wilson's overrated in the second half. Uh, well, you know what, Peter? He barely beat the first half, so you know what that means. <laughs> That's true. He's going to light it up. Yeah, damn right he's going to light it up. So, uh, Want to get to our game picks? Let's or do, do, you have, do you have anything else to mention before we hit our game picks? Uh, I know you mentioned uh, you predicted something in the baseball world. Oh, uh, Devers. I mean, shout out to Derek Carabas. He wrote, a, like, Devers hits home runs and an eye emoji, like, an hour ago. So... And he's pretty locked into that, so expect right. that, I think. So Peter says Raphael yeah. Danford's extension before we record next week. Yeah. Also, J.D. Martinez opted in. Surprised? No, because I, the NL is not doing their DH thing next year, and yep. he's obviously tapped to a market. But I still think they should re-sign Kyle Schwarber because when J.D. leaves next year anyway, mm-hmm. uh, he can just put in right there. And I was surprised. It really? seems like, yeah, Scott Boris clients, I mean, they typically go to the market, and I was expecting him yeah, to Yeah, but do he so. has no market, though. Who yeah, needs but they, a DH? I don't know. I mean, they, Scott right. Boris is the kind of guy that wait for an injury and they'll sign. Just look at Craig Kimbrell. His past, like, a couple years ago, remember, they don't care. So, it is what it is, and I thought Martinez could get a He opted in three him. times. That's crazy. That's a great contract by Dave Dabrowski. Sure. And the Red Sox also made a qualifying offer to Eduardo Rodriguez, one year, 18 and a half. I know the Angels have interest in Erod. You think Erod's back? Yeah, he's gonna get signed a long term deal. And here, here, you think he stays? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think he ends up leaving, but uh, we'll see. All right, and I can't think of any other baseball topics off the top of my head. You already gave me your off season prediction last week. You're saying uh, Freddie Freeman of the Yankees, right? You gonna stick by that? Yeah, Freddie Freeman of the Yankees. Boom. I mean, Clayton Kershaw didn't get a qualifying offer. That's yeah, funny. yeah, that is. I mean, he's still he's he's no. He's the uh, best pitcher of our generation. Kershaw. Yeah. People, Over Verlander, you're probably that. right. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. I'm not going to fight you on that. Is insane. Yeah. All right. Let's get into our picks of the week here. Uh, so Peter, let's see if we can go by 500 again, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Bruce the roll. Yeah. My first one. I'm going to go Patriots minus two and a half over the Cleveland Browns. Patriots are home. Uh, they won three games in a row here. Uh, they're hot. The Browns are going to be without Nick Chubb. Uh, that's a huge loss for the Browns. Uh, Miles Garrett. He's going to play, but he didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. He practiced today. Uh, but I, he's clearly banged up. I know the Browns played really well last week without Odell Beckham. Uh, replicating that without Nick Chubb, that's going to be difficult to do. I like the Patriots minus two and a half. I also do. That's my premium pick of the week. I, I just think that Bill Belichick is going to make Baker Mayfield look lost. He does that with the quarterback. He made Justin uh, Herbert look lost. I think that they're going to shut down their running game. Uh, I mean, DeAndre Johnson's pretty good, but 
I don't know. I, I don't think Jarvis Landry is 100%. And I, I think this line's a little too short, especially at home. Yeah, I agree. I think the Patriots win by a touchdown. And it's a big game for the uh, in terms of the landscape of the AFC. Um, I saw a stat, Peter, that I'm going to give you really quick about playoff odd, playoff chances. Uh, if oh, the, Patri- the Pats are like 50, 60 percent. So if the Patriots, uh, again, this is from according to 538. Have you heard of that? That's the stats one. Yeah. So um, the Patriots beat the Browns on Sunday. They will have a 68 percent chance of making the playoffs. If they lose, it's a 32 percent chance. Now, again, even if they lose, they still think they're going to make the playoffs. I, I really do. But it's a big swing. Either way, however you want to look at it, losing a tiebreaker to the Browns is uh, – the Brown, you're going to compete with the Browns for that last two wild card spots. If you want, if you want an over-under on this game, which I didn't pick, it's a hard under, I think. I think they're just going to try to run the ball the whole time. Shocker, the under. Yeah, listen, bet the under. I know life's too short to bet the under, but always bet the under. Uh, yeah, I know. I knew you were going to say that. So you're saying the under. So you're going to say it's a defensive game for the most part, right? Yeah, it's probably going to be like 2010 or something. So. And I I talked about Miles Garrett, right? How he's likely going to play. So Miles Garrett leads the NFL in sacks this year. Uh, but speak, I, I wanted to talk about this earlier, but I think we should do it now. Mac Jones. So <laughs> this is, this is, it makes me laugh. It really does. So Mac Jones got strip sacked and he grabbed a, the Panthers defensive end, Brian Burns is uh, ankle as he was trying to get the ball and Burns had a sprained ankle and he was very upset about it. And he pretty much said um, in a press conference on Wednesday that I think his exact words where he wishes his defense, his DNs uh, happy hunting on Mac Jones, which is an open threat, which he will be fined. And he should be fined. I think he already did get fined. No, he didn't get fined yet. Oh no, not yet. No, not yet. Um, what do you think of the whole situation? And now miles Garrett talked today was like, well, I hope Mac Jones doesn't do this to me. And tell you what, Peter, my opinion is, look, was Mac Jones trying to hurt Brian Burns? No, he was not trying to hurt him. He was trying to prevent him from getting the ball. Did he, Mac Jones's excuse was he thought Burns had the ball. I don't believe that. I think he was try, he was making a football play to try to prevent Burns from getting the ball. Uh, did it come across as dirty? I, I mean, I guess, sure. But um, to talk how this is a story, is truly mind-boggling, in my opinion. Oh, Bill Belichick, Nick Saban guys can't ever trust him. I mean, now yeah, he's he's, not. he's Grayson Allen. Patriot, Patriot aside, because obviously we're Patriot fans. I don't think he's a dirty player. It's heat of the moment, but I do like the fight and grit on uh, Mac oh, Jones. I love how Mac didn't apologize either. No, so he they, didn't. He just stood up there so and yeah, was like, and yeah, that was walk. another thing. Brian Burns, that freaking jerk. He was like, yeah, um. I would I want an apology for Mac, but I don't expect I'm gonna get one. And then they asked Mac the following couple hours later, they're like, Hey, Burns asked for an apology, Are you gonna give it? And he's like, I already addressed the situation. <laughs> yeah, he's I was like, like Whoo! It's such Dropped a Belichick answer, too. And it's unfortunate because Mac didn't take some hits now because of it. Like oh, in yeah, terms of perception. Sure. Gonna go for his, I think Garrett's gonna go for his legs. Oh, yeah, for perception yeah. and like body, like, but I here's the thing that I will say them continuously talking about this. And we're talking about this now. The NFL officiating is a very cognitive of the situation. Oh, true. There's probably going to be a ton of rough in the past. I think people. I think the refs are going to make uh, Cleveland aware. Hey, just want to let you know, like we're going to call it. Like you do something stupid, we're going to call it. Like we are just letting. Like I think it's one of those things where the NFL is going to warn the Browns and say, "Cool it." Like I, I seriously, if that memo hasn't been sent yet, it will. That's my. It's my opinion. Uh, how this is a story, how people are calling for Mac Jones to be suspended is laughable. Uh, a fine at most. I mean, if you get fined, you wouldn't get an argument from me if that shuts people up. But look, like, do you really think Mac Jones was trying to hurt him? And they're like, oh, Mac Jones twisted his ankle. No, he didn't. The guy was trying to get free and he twisted his own ankle. Yeah, he just jerked his what? Yeah, know. I mean, I don't know. It's just a, is what it is, in my opinion. So it's honestly stupid that we have to talk. Like, it's honestly, you know, as soon as I saw it trending on Twitter on like Sunday or Monday, whatever it was, I was like, here we go. Like, like, here we go. Like, I can't wait for this all week. And sure enough, it has not disappointed. And an NFL player asking for an apology for. (laughs) Yeah, for real. uh, It's one thing if it's after the whistle and Mac Jones, I don't know, like in Dominican Sue's 
Burns. Like he does something like that. Then I'm like, all right, like I get it. But the the play is still going on. Yeah, that was just the heat of the moment. Just like, oh well, sorry. Yeah, exactly. And Rocky, right. you're a football player. Like, deal with it. Seriously. Like, shut up and play. And you know, but the thing, like, if it warranted something, then I would. Did it warrant a penalty? Sure. Like I like I understand like what Burns is saying, but he's taking it too far. This is way too overblown. Should Mac Jones have done it in hindsight? Obviously not. You know, like he didn't mean to. I, I really don't. Sorry, Peter. Who do you have for your second pick of the week? We have the Atlanta Falcons over Cowboys. Uh, over the Cowboys. I I mean the Cowboys were seven and zero against the spread before they got abysmalized versus the Broncos. I think the Falcons are getting a stride. I think their offense is pretty good. Their defense isn't anything to write home about, but I don't think that Dak is uh, healthy. I think that C.D. Lamb's not healthy. Uh, Cooper's not healthy on the other side. I, I, I just think that uh, this line's too short. I think it should be like Atlanta plus four or whatever. And I would, Don't be surprised if Atlanta beats the Cowboys outright. I agree with you, Peter. I, that's, you know what? I mean, we're I guess we're in the same wavelength this week. Uh, the Falcons are a team that, in my opinion, might be the most underrated team in football. Uh, I, they're really playing some good football offensively too. Cordo Patterson's been awesome. Matt Ryan's been pretty good too. So I'm going to double down with you, Peter. I like the Falcons here. Uh, you look at this team, or you look at the Cowboys per se. Dak Prescott's not 100%, right? That's obvious. Uh, and they got steamrolled by the Broncos last week. So I like the Falcons plus nine here. I really do. Wouldn't shock me at all if the Falcons won. I agree. Uh, how about your third pick? I have the Buffalo Bills minus 12 versus the Jets. I think the Bills got nationally embarrassed versus the Jaguars. And if they have any chance versus the Patriots for the AFC East, they have to win comfortably versus the Jets. And I, Even with superstar Mike White. I was going to tell you what, when you put this pick in our group chat, I was surprised. I no, because I think the Bills are going to rebound and they have to rebound. Because but I, Mike, your boy is starting. Magic Mike. I know. He'll probably get hurt. It's fine. Zach Wilson's, uh, Zach Wilson's looming around. Uh, magicians don't get hurt. I, I don't uh, know. I mean, listen, if, if the Jets win, right, you, you Zach Wilson does not touch the field until the end of the year, right? Until, like, next year? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. That's a very good – I got to see it first. I got to see it unfold. If Zach – if the Jets win 40-3 to – like 40, like with the team. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, he has to be the reason why they win. Yeah. But. yeah. We'll see. Because that Bills defense is pretty good. My third pick is Seattle plus three and a half over the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is returning from COVID on Saturday. He didn't practice the last two weeks. Uh, and I think that's significant. I really, really do. Uh, we've seen some players come back from COVID and they kind of start off slow. And I think that could be the case here. I think Russell Wilson is amped for his return here. Uh, I think him finally being on the field is going to be a difference maker for the Seattle Seahawks team. Uh, and I like them at plus three and a half on the road here. Shocker picking the Seahawks right when Wilson gets back. Uh, Don't change kid. All right. N- next pick bucks minus nine and a half versus the Washington football team. That's just more on the Washington football team's defense, not being able to stop a lick and Tom Brady. I'm pretty sure you th- Tom Brady's going to win MVP this year. And it's gonna I told you three weeks ago. It was over. Yeah. It's going to piss me off. Over whatever. I mean, I think they're gonna win by like 14, 17 points. Yeah, Brady is playing. I think they're gonna win number one seed too, and it's gonna piss me off. Do you? I don't know if they get the one seed, but I tell you what, as much as I've been talking about Brady, the schedule all, is soft. I still don't even think the Bucks go to the Super Bowl this year. I don't. Oh, we love to hear that though. I don't. I think they end up losing in the as of right again, subject to change. But November twelfth, right now, I think the Bucks end up falling short in the NFC Championship game. They have a lot of injuries. Secondary is so banged up. Uh, I know it's so, like, again, the playoffs aren't for a long time here, but they've lost so many guys on the back end of their defense. Antonio Brown, he looks like he's not going to play for a while here. Like, he's still in a walking boot. Gronk, he's been in and out of the lineup. Like, as awesome as Brady has played this year, this Bucks team isn't as efficient as they were last year. Now, granted, the Bucks last year started off 7-5 and five before winning 11 in a row. I'm 11 in a row, I'm sorry. Uh, before winning um, four in a row and then end up winning and going undefeated in the playoffs, obviously. But I, I just don't see it from this Bucks team in terms of making another Super Bowl run. I don't, but they probably will. We love, to hear, right. we love to hear that. Uh, did you like that, Peter? All right, my next pick. Uh, this is my premium pick of the week. Rams minus four over Kyle Shanahan's 49ers. Uh, look, Odell Beckham Jr., is he going to be active? 
who knows? I know Stafford's a little gimpy from that sprained ankle, but the Rams need to win this week. I think they can win by a touchdown at least. And they have too much talent to lose two in a row. If they lose two in a row, their effort to win the division is over. Rams plus, minus four. And the last pick I have is the Saints over the Titans plus three. I, I think the Titans won a big game on Sunday Night Football. I think it's a classic letdown spot by the Titans. I, I don't think they can do it two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. I don't think they. I, I don't think the Titans are going to win either. I don't care who's starting the quarterback, Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill. It doesn't matter. Uh, Kamara not being there is a little scary because the Titans' deep, run defense is terrible. Because I don't even know what their backup running back is, but it it doesn't matter. Mark Ingram, uh, gross. Mark Ingram, but I agree with you here again. Same wavelength this week. Saints plus three. Uh, the Titans they put together some nice performances as of late. We were really talking about how they could be the number one seed in the AFC, but the Saints are a hard team to play. They play teams close. They beat Brady's Bucks a couple weeks ago. Uh, they were getting destroyed by the Falcons last week, but they end up make, coming back, making it close. They're a tough team to play, and they've been good on the road this year. Uh, they went to Gillette and beat the Patriots. Uh, Trevor Simeon's going to get the start, and I know Kamara's out. That makes a difference. Don't get me wrong. But I still think the Saints can do enough to win this game. I don't think the Titans' offense is good enough to run away with this game. The Saints are going to keep it close. And if they don't win, uh, they're going to end up losing by maybe two or three points tops. I like the Saints in this game 20-17 to 17 in an upset. I don't get before we pivot off the Saints to end the show, I don't get why Taysom Hill is not starting. You're paying him like 30 mil or whatever. This is stupid. They they finally um, figured out he's not. No, but you have to just see, like, I don't. Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill. Loves uh, we him. thought, we thought. No, he loves him. Oh, he's still I, in there every other play, running the ball, well, catching I, the ball, passing the ball. But here's the thing. I think I they Sean I Payton it. likes the idea of him doing all those things, just not under, like, having the mystique around him is still apparent in the offense. If you start him a quarterback, the mystique is gone. He's, he's under center. You know what I mean? So, and now you, you have him split wide. You have him as a halfback, as a fullback, as a tight end. I know, now but you if have, you can't even beat Trevor Simeon, like that's terrible. And I don't think Simeon's like a scrub by any means, but. Oh no, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. And look at Taysom Hill. I think his chances of being a franchise quarterback are probably down the drain. Sorry, Noah. No, yeah, may, I mean, maybe big. not. I mean, he's coach oh, John Payton, and people will be like, oh, my God, yes. Really? Yeah, maybe. You'd be surprised. I don't, I don't know if he'd be a – I don't know if a team would bring him in to be their quarterback next year. I just don't see it. But any other things you want to talk about? Go Celtics. Go Bruins. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to another episode of Pablo and Peter's Picks. Uh, we'll see if me and Peter can go 10-0 this week, and Peter wants everyone to go – Everyone he wants everyone to know, go Celtics, go Bruins. Yeah.